0: the legal corner podcast series welcome to today's episode of the legal corner a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed hosted by attorney at law colin Dinoon and communication specialist leonardo torres It's great to be back with you on the Legal Corner podcast series. Leonardo won't be with us for the rest of the season, but he is working behind the scenes to help us with all of our editing and the scheduling of guests. In today's episode, we'll be looking at alternative dispute resolution, commonly referred to as ADR, and our distinguished guest today is Mr. Owen Monian. The podcast is on the road today as we'll be going to the United States of America and to New York where our guest is located. So just to tell you a bit about him, he's a very distinguished individual. He's an associate at Philips Lytle and he has significant expertise with respect to high-value commercial dispute resolution, including litigation, arbitration, and mediation. Having practiced law as a New York attorney in Asia, Europe, and the Middle East, Mr. Monian has represented large multinational companies governments, and startups in industries including retail, energy, technology, gaming, shipping, aviation, construction, insurance, manufacturing, and finance. He focuses his practice primarily on commercial disputes including labor unemployment employment litigation, arbitration, and mediation. He has particular expertise pertaining to disputes with an international or cross-border element. Choice of law and forum disputes, enforcement, and vacature of foreign judgments and awards, commercial arbitration in multiple foreign jurisdictions, and jurisdictional challenges. Mr. Monian was appointed a Fellow of the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators in 2021. Good day to you, Owen, and welcome to the Legal Corner.
1: Thank you very much, Colin. Thank you for the detailed and lengthy introduction. <laughs> Lovely.
0: It's great to have you on. Uh, let's get right into it. And why don't you tell us what exactly is ADR?
1: Well, Colin, ADR stands for Alternative Dispute Resolution. And uh, Alternative Dispute Resolution is essentially any form of dispute resolution other than litigation. When we think of resolving disputes, we automatically think of going to court. We don't have to go to court. There are other ways to resolve disputes. Uh, the most common alternatives to litigation are arbitration and mediation. So that's primarily what we're thinking of when you speak about ADR.
0: what what is the difference between arbitration and mediation?
1: Uh, arbitration and mediation are two very different things. Um, arbitration is more more similar to what people think of when they think about litigation in court, except that instead of being in a court, it's it's in a private venue, and the parties pay a private individual to essentially step into the shoes of a judge and decide the outcome of the dispute between them, uh, applying the law. Um, mediation is a very different thing. Mediation is where parties agree to attempt to resolve their dispute themselves with the assistance of, of, a, of a neutral mediator. Um, and that mediator's role is, is usually merely to facilitate the parties in reaching an agreement, not necessarily based on their legal rights, but uh, you know, a pragmatic solution that they can both live with. So, the the person deciding the outcome in mediation is the parties themselves. The person deciding the outcome in arbitration is an arbitrator. So, in that in that sense, arbitration is more similar to litigation.
0: What steps are involved in the arbitration process?
1: the The steps in the arbitral process vary depending on the rules governing the particular arbitration. So, um usually an arbitration will be governed by a set of rules that the parties will have selected in advance, and that set of rules will determine uh, the procedure for the arbitration. Um, That's usually how it works. There are cases where parties don't select any arbitral rules to govern their arbitration, and then you have what is called an ad hoc arbitration, um, and the parties have to agree on the procedure to apply to their own arbitration at that point.
0: But... In general, from your experience, what sort of steps does the rules normally prescribe? Normally,
1: you'll start out with something like a notice of arbitration or a request for arbitration, which you know in litigation the equivalent would might be a summons or a complaint, depending on what kind of jurisdiction you're in, and it will basically set out the basis for why we're arbitrating this dispute, why an arbitrator has jurisdiction. Usually there's an arbitration agreement. It will set out that arbitration agreement. It will say a dispute has arisen between the parties. And now we're referring that dispute to So That's usually the first step. And then the second step, uh, the defendant will respond to that notice of arbitration. And then you'll have usually a set of pleadings, uh, a statement of claim or a statement of case and a defense uh, or counterclaim, and then a reply to that defense or counterclaim. Um, and usually that entire procedure would be set out by the arbitrator in a preliminary procedural hearing. Um, to the extent that's possible, uh, the arbitrator will usually ask the parties to agree on a timeline for that procedure and on the steps that they want. And in the absence of any such agreement, the arbitrator would be would tell them that this will be the procedure. You'll file this on this date. You'll file that on that date. We'll have discovery from this date to this date. uh, And usually it culminates in a a hearing uh, akin to a trial that can take anywhere between a day and several weeks. Um, Although there are arbitrations in which there is no hearing. You can have a documents-only arbitration where the arbitrator will agree the outcome of the dispute based solely on the documents presented to him by the parties. And that's that's reasonably common in, in lower-value arbitrations where the cost of having a trial would exceed the benefit that would be derived from having a trial. So that's a general procedure you'll most often see in an arbitration.
0: Can the decision of an arbitrator be enforced?
1: Yes, yes. It wouldn't be of much benefit if it wasn't enforceable. So uh, most countries' arbitral law will prescribe the procedure for enforcing an arbitral award. Um, and generally, it's it's like enforcing a court decision. Um, you, you hope that the parties will just comply with the award. And if they don't, you take it to court and you enforce it. And then it becomes like a court decision that's enforceable using all of the enforcement mechanisms that would be available in that court, uh, such as attaching or seizing assets um all, all of the enforcement mechanisms that would be available in a court now when it's an international arbitration um and you're enforcing an arbitral award from one country in another um you then h- rely on the New York Convention the New York Convention uh, on the recognition and enforcement of foreign arbitral awards that's a convention that has a uh, huge acceptance in the international community it's been it's been signed by more countries probably than any other um international convention um something like over 180 countries have ratified the new york convention including the u.s including trinidad ireland singapore you name it any any serious jurisdiction has signed the new york convention and what the new york convention does in effect is it takes an arbitral war from one jurisdiction and makes it enforceable in all the other jurisdictions that are that have signed the new york convention um and provides the basic framework, like procedural framework for how you would do that uh, and the exceptions that would justify not enforcing an arbitral award. So it really limits the extent to which courts can refuse to enforce arbitral awards. Let's go to mediation now. What
0: steps are involved in the mediation process?
1: So, again, as with arbitration, in mediation, there is no one way to do mediation, and you'll find that. Um, different mediators have very different approaches to how they run a mediation. Um, But typically, many mediators like to receive in advance from the parties uh, a short statement of what their case is and what they're looking for. Um, And then on the day of the mediation, quite often, the mediator will invite each party uh, to give an oral opening statement setting out their case and what they want and why they think they're entitled to it Uh, and they'll invite the other party to listen to each party stating their case Uh, and then uh, typically the the mediator will try to coax more information out of each party um, and have them present that information to the other side And quite often you end up in a situation where you have an impasse and the parties um, can't agree on something. And at that point, usually the mediator will break them out into breakout rooms and engage in kind of shuttle diplomacy. He'll go back and forth between the two rooms, bringing offers and counter offers back and forth, um, helping the parties to to check how strong their case actually is, the likelihood of success if they don't reach agreement and if they have to go to trial. Um, And you hope that, you know, through that process, the parties kind of reach a a middle ground that neither is particularly happy with, but that they can both live with. And if they reach such a position, normally the mediator will uh, bring them back into the main room. They'll write out the terms of their agreement on the spot and they'll have them sign that as a settlement agreement that then becomes enforceable. Um, so it's, that's, that's a, one generic way in which a mediation might might run. But as I say, it depends on what mediator you get, and you can you can see very different approaches to running a mediation. At
0: this point, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Thank you for staying with us and welcome back. When Before the break, we were just talking about the steps of mediation and what someone can expect if one of their matters are required to go through the process of mediation. I want you to talk to us now about the main centers for arbitration. Worldwide. What would you say are the main centres for arbitration?
1: Well, historically, London has always been the the powerhouse for international commercial arbitration, and, and that remains the case. Um, it's uh, had a lot more stiff competition in the last few decades um, from other centres, and I think it's probably lost some of its market share to some of those centres, particularly after Brexit. Um, but as I say, London isn't going anywhere. London it remains probably number one or number two in the world in terms of uh, where where you see the most arbitrations. Singapore in the last few years has really caught up a lot. And now Singapore is well up there with London as a preferred uh, venue for, for arbitrations. So those are probably the two main places in the world, uh, London and Singapore. Hong Kong following very closely behind in third place. Um, and then after Hong Kong, Paris followed by Geneva would be distant fourth and fifth spots. And then after that, uh, New York and Beijing. Um, so those would be the main places, but there are other, other less popular, but equally, um, solid venues for arbitration around the world. Stockholm is one such place. Uh, Tokyo is trying to position itself as one such place. Ireland is very much trying to cash in on Brexit and attract more arbitrations to Ireland. Um, I had to give a little pitch to Ireland there, but, uh, (laughs) But yeah, th- those are up and coming, but not there yet. Jurisdictions. So you, you'll see London, you'll see Singapore, you'll see Hong Kong, Paris, Geneva, and then New York and Beijing uh, straggling behind. Those those be
0: the main places. As we get ready to a wrap up, what advice would you give to someone who yeah. wants to pursue a career in ADR?
1: Uh, somebody who wants to pursue a career in ADR, the number one piece of advice I think would be find a mentor who does a lot of that kind of work and needs help with it and go work for them. Um, your your advancement in, in ADR will depend entirely on your ability to get work in that field. And that's going to be determined by who you work for. So choose someone to work for who you know gets a lot of the kind of work that you want. and And that way you'll get the maximum exposure to that kind of work um and you'll be able to progress through that field that's the main thing other things that you can do to help you uh, assuming you manage to find a job with such a person uh join the chartered institute of arbitrators uh, i'm a fellow of the chartered institute of arbitrators it's a great um it's a great body and it doesn't just do arbitration it has an arbitration track and a mediation track um they run um very comprehensive courses um that will teach you from the beginning to the end, how to run an arbitration or a mediation or how to advocate for a client in them. Um, and those tracks allow you to progress um, through your expertise. As you get better, you start off as an associate member, you become a member of the Institute and then a, a fellow. And when you're extremely experienced, you can become a chartered arbitrator or a chartered mediator. Um, and the, The the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators and the courses that it runs are regarded internationally as a gold standard in ADR. Um, So I can't recommend that highly enough. Depending what jurisdiction you're in, um, explore the possibility of joining a local bar association that has an ADR committee, where you can meet other practitioners in that field and learn from them. Um, If you're just starting out or if you're still a law student, depending where you are, many bar associations will admit law student members. Uh, either at a reduced cost or free of charge. And that's a great way to get uh, access to practitioners in the field that other people in law school won't have and a great way to learn about the actual practice of ADR in a way that you just can't
0: by, by reading books. So those would be my main piece of advice. It's been great chatting with you, and Thanks a lot for stopping by.
1: All right. Thanks for having me on, Colin. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to thelegalcornerpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.